This is the Food Factor Podcast, the show that talks about the connection between your health and what you eat or don't eat. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek, clinical nutritionist, health coach, science nerd, perma student, and mother of four. I love dogs, babies, and most of all, talking about all things health, wellness, and the weirdness of the human body. Thank you for being here. Welcome back to another episode of the Food Factor Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek. I hope you are having a wonderful start to your 2024, or if you're listening to this at another time, I hope you're having a good day. Now, I don't know about you, but at the time of this recording, it's the beginning of January in 2024, and I already feel like the holidays were like six months ago. I was on a walk with my daughter, and we saw some Christmas decorations that were up in somebody's yard. And my knee-jerk reaction was, that's weird. They still have their decorations up. And my daughter was like, well, yeah, Christmas was last week. And I was like, oh. Like, it just, I don't know what it was. There was a weird time warp that happened where all of a sudden it was, like, very intense holiday stuff. You know, it all kind of came together. And then once it was done, it was just over. And I had mentally checked out from the holidays and moved on to my new life in 2024. So with that, I know a lot of people are obviously talking about New Year's resolutions. I did a whole podcast on that last episode. And there's a few things that I want to kind of address with that that I've, I've been seeing. And I didn't include this in my last episode, but I want to kind of add on to that conversation because I want to dive a little bit deeper using some new information that I actually learned that I find super valuable and fascinating. And I thought I'd share it with you. So what I want to talk about, first of all, is the notion that you have to set a resolution. I mean, I think we're all grownups. You don't have to set a resolution. Hopefully you know that. Maybe you're one that's like, yeah, I never do. You know, to be honest, I haven't really set one either. I don't think. Really, I haven't. I think winter time is a time for rest. I think it's a time to just recalibrate. It's a time to just reflect back on you know, the the previous year, it's a time to kind of like plan ahead maybe for the upcoming spring and summer, but to make a whole bunch of changes in the dead of winter never really made sense to me because most people have seasonal affective disorder and their energy level and their focus and dedication to anything is quite low. It's like the peak of it right now. So don't get me started on vitamin D at this time because I think everyone needs to be taking some vitamin D, but Don't take my word for it. Consult your doctor or your nutritionist to determine what level's right for you. Anyways, um, if you're feeling the drag of like, oh, I really should be setting some goals, but I'm really, I haven't yet. That's okay. I think that it's okay to just kind of take a breather, but still maybe focus on the things that are going to help support you during this time of rest, should you choose to take a time of rest. So what I'm talking about is your nutrition. That's always going to be something that's going to support you any time of year, no matter if you're in full action mode and you're getting stuff done, or if you're in a time of rest, you still need the proper nutrients to help you do either one. So I do want to talk about that for a little part of this episode, but I also want to to expand on what I talked about last episode. And one thing I didn't mention When it comes to setting goals, and again, if you chose not to set goals at this time of year, that's fine, but you might still find this relevant when you are in a a mindset to start setting goals. Um, 
One thing I didn't mention is attaching a meaning to your goals. So no matter what goal you have, whether it's to quit smoking or eat more vegetables or go for a walk multiple times a week, whatever the goal is, if there's no meaning, deep-rooted meaning, emotion, feeling attached to that goal, you're less likely to continue it. It's just how it is. Think about it. If you're just like, yeah, I'm going to just drink more water. Like how many times have you said that? I've heard that a lot of people say, I'm going to start drinking more water. They just say it because they know they should be drinking more water or they know I'm going to tell them to drink more water when they're working with me. But they don't actually care about it. They don't actually attach meaning to it. They don't attach that either that pleasure point or that pain point that drives us as humans to actually make a change. So if you're just willy-nilly just attaching or just mentioning goals that you want to achieve, do you have the meaning behind it, the feeling behind it to back it up? For example, if you say that you want to run a 5K this year, why? What will you get out of running that 5K or training for that 5K and then completing that 5K? What physically, mentally, spiritually, socially, whatever it is, what will you get out of the process of training and running that 5K? Is there any meaning attached to that goal? Or are you just like, yeah, everyone kind of does them. I know there's one in my town. I'll probably just run that you're less likely to stick with that on those days where it's raining outside and you're supposed to, you know, run two miles or whatever. You're less likely to stick with it. And then that's when the slippery slope of reverting back into old habits and patterns can rear its ugly head. Does that make sense? So if you have no attachment or if you have no meaning behind a change that you're trying to make, you're less likely to continue that change and those actions and behaviors to accommodate that new change when friction and resistance start happening, which inevitably it will. So when I hear people come to me and they say like, hey, I just had really bad blood work done. I'm really scared that I'm going to develop a condition or maybe I have developed a condition or whatever. That's a pretty strong attachment to making a change. And I see that those people tend to do better when working with me or when working with anybody because they they have a little bit of fear and possibly determination, possibly, you know, confidence, whatever. There's emotion and feelings attached to wanting to make that change. So if you have set some goals for this year, or if you're thinking about setting goals for later in the year, make sure that you have a clear picture of what emotion or feeling is attached to that want in that goal. That will make it so much easier for you to achieve that goal if you have that strong connection and emotion with it. Now, the other thing that I want to talk about, which I find incredibly interesting and fascinating, it's not a new concept, it's just new to me. I have to do continuing education for many of my certifications every year, every couple of years. And one that I... uh, took had to do with behavior change, which is always my number one top. I love it's after nutrition, behavior change is, is so fascinating to me. I will take every course on it because it's so interesting and I learn something new every time. Anyways, so some information that I came across that was part of this kind of recertification program, whatever, um, has to do with what's called the behavior chain. 
chain meaning like a link, like links of chain, C-H-A-I-N, chain. So behavior chain. And this concept is if you're in the therapy world or, you know, the um, rehab or, or behavior world, behavior health world in any capacity, it's probably not new to you. But for me, the way it was laid out, I was like, that makes so much sense. That's essentially what I've been telling people all along. It just has a, a whole little system to it. So behavior or habit chains refer to some sort of triggering event that leads to an action, that leads to an action, that leads to an action, that leads to a behavior, an action, behavior, an action, behavior. So it's like a link. All of those are little links in a chain. And if the end of that chain is a behavior or action that you don't want anymore, or that is causing you harm, or that you want to change, you have to go up the links to find the triggering event. And if you can't change a triggering event, then you have to find a way to pop out the the certain chains in, or the certain links in the chain and add in a new link to develop a better chain. So I'm totally going to give you an example because I know I explained that horribly. So here's an example. And I want to preface this by saying just because something is a habit or a behavior that you have or do, it doesn't make it permanent. You can always change the chain of events that happen that lead to that. So that's something to always consider and kind of, you know, we, we tend to want to really grasp on to our habits and our behaviors because that's just what we know and we're comfortable with it and uh, even though they're not serving us well anymore. So always know that you can change any habit and any behavior. It may take some forethought. It may take some action and preparation on your part to do so and repeated behaviors and all of that but it is 100% possible. So I wanted to preface that by saying this. So let's say you have a pattern of, um, you know, starting the diet on Monday. So many people say, oh, diet starts Monday. You know, I, I used to say that with my friend in college and it never turned out well. Um, but anyway, so if you have that, that thing in your mind, like, oh, I'm just gonna get through the weekend, diet starts Monday, all right? So that's your intention, that's your behavior is that you're gonna start a diet on Monday. Well, let's say you work in an office building. And let's say Monday, you have a Monday meeting every single week to, you know, get together with the coworkers and you have to go over things every Monday. At the Monday meeting, there's coffee and donuts or lunch brought in or whatever the case is, or there's snacks in the break room every Monday for whatever reason. So you decide to skip breakfast at your house because you know you're going to be eating and you want to save calories, which is, don't get me started, but um, for this, you know, example... So you want to save calories, so you're not going to have breakfast at your home. You're going to have the Monday morning meeting foods, which then leads you to feeling, why did I eat that donut? Why did I do this? Every week I do this. All these shameful things that you tell yourself. And then you vow to, oh, I'll just skip lunch. That's fine. So then you skip lunch because, oh, diet starts Monday and you skip lunch. Try Again, trying to save calories. So then dinner time comes around and you are super hungry and can't even handle it. So you stop at the drive-thru on the way home, you get some fast food or whatever, and then you go home and eat that and then you're still hungry or you feel bad about eating that and you say, well, I've already messed it up anyways. I might as well have the cookies and the candy after dinner because what's the point? I already messed it up anyways. I'll just start fresh again tomorrow. And then you go to bed feeling awful because of junk food or whatever foods you've had and that threw off your blood sugar, threw off your, your chemistry and, and whatever. 
And now you're waking up in the middle of the night because your blood sugar tanked and you're having digestive issues and all of these other things are happening. So you didn't get a good night's sleep. So then Tuesday rolls around and you're feeling awful and you start to have these, you know, shameful feelings and all of this stuff happens. And then all of a sudden you, it's Thursday or Friday and you're like, well, I'll just make it through the weekend and I'll start fresh Monday. So I'm sure there's, that's an extreme example, an exaggerated example, but maybe there's some truths in there to what you've seen or patterns or habits that you've had or you've noticed. So if you follow that chain, that chain of events, that triggering event might be the the decision to start a diet on Monday because, or to diet in the first place, that could be a triggering event. If we're not there yet though, that's fine. Maybe the triggering event was you didn't have breakfast at your home that was balanced and full of good nutrients to stave off your hunger for that morning meeting so that you avoid that donut and the coffee and whatever, which then leads you to feel hungry at an appropriate time at lunchtime. So you have a good balanced lunch, which then leads you to make better choices and not be super hungry on your way home so that you can get home and and actually cook yourself a nutritious meal. And then you go to bed at a good time and you get a good quality sleep because now your blood sugar is balanced and you don't have all this digestive issues from fast food. So you can see how one little change, one little change, all you changed, technically, all you changed intentionally was you had breakfast first thing in the morning at your home and it was balanced. So that one change or that one behavior or that one action impacts the rest of the chain, the rest of the links in the chain. And at any point, you can swap in certain links in the chain and and add different behaviors or different circumstances might call for different behaviors. So at any time, you can break the chain. So take a look right now. If you're thinking, if, if anything pops into your brain about what is a behavior or an action that you currently have that you want to modify, What's the first thing that comes to your mind? If you're thinking like, oh, well, I should add in more exercise or, oh, I should add in more veggies or I should um, swap out some of my sugary stuff or whatever, whatever that goal is, whatever that new action is, what leads up to that? What is your triggering event that leads to that? What are the links in the chain? Maybe there's only one link in a chain. It doesn't have to be a super long chain. I gave an example that was rather long, but It could literally be, I go to the grocery store hungry and I walk out with a bunch of potato chips and then I eat them all, you know? So it could be like a really short chain (laughs) with not too many links, or it could be a super long chain with a bunch of links that you can swap out and switch out or whatever. Um, So think about that. What is the behavior that you are currently doing or the habit that you currently have that has some links to it, that things that lead you to do that, there's always something that leads us to do a behavior. I know I talk about autopilot and I know I talk about subconscious behaviors and habits and all of that, but there's always something that triggers us to start that habit. Maybe it's seeing somebody, um, maybe it's a certain time of day, which obviously you can't change, but we can modify the, the link. Um, so what is it that leads you to that behavior? Okay, I want you to even like write it out, write out, like get a piece of paper, And again, I know last week I talked about actually taking action on things, not just like retaining information and being an information hoarder. So actually stop or pause this, go and get yourself a piece of paper, get yourself a pen or a pencil or some fancy color pencils or whatever, and write out one, just one. If you come up with a list of different habits, I I don't. (laughs) Just do one, just one. What is the first one that pops into your head? First habit that pops into your head 
that you want to modify or change or get rid of or amplify or whatever? What is the first habit that you want to adjust? So write that down. And now what leads you to do that habit? What leads you to that? Is it based on a time of day? Is it based on stress or an emotion? Is it based on a health issue? Is it based on how you were raised or maybe some beliefs or thoughts around a certain habit? You know, what leads you to do that? And really, truly spend some time thinking deeply about this because sometimes we're like, I don't know why I do that. That's bull. (laughs) We can always figure that out. So, but you have to think deeper on it. When did this behavior start? How long have you been doing it? Do you know anybody else in your family who does it? Have you, is it something you picked up in college because of stress or because of whatever, you know, social influences? I don't know. So it's a lot easier for me to walk you through this if I know what your habit is, but you can do this yourself. So write out the habit you want to change, write down a little, you know, little marks underneath it, all the things that you think leads up to you doing that action or that behavior And then let's see where in that chain you could possibly modify one of the links. What makes sense for you? If it's the grocery store example that I gave where you go to the grocery store hungry, you go down the chip aisle, you buy the chips, you bring them home, you eat them all. Maybe that is uh, the, the obvious one is don't go to the grocery store hungry. But the actions around that would be stock your car or your purse or your bag or whatever with you know, like little, a little pack of almonds so that you can eat them before you go into the grocery store and you won't be hungry or some other non-perishable snack that you can keep in your car that should you find yourself impromptu going to the grocery store, you can just have some of that. So you're not going in super hungry. Another link in the chain might be not only do you do that, but you don't go down the chip aisle if it's not on your list to go down. Maybe another link is that you actually have a grocery list that you stick to. Maybe another link on the chain is you don't go down that certain checkout aisle that has all the, the, you know, junky stuff or whatever that has all like the gum and the candies and all the things. If that's a temptation for you, you go to self-checkout instead, which usually don't have as, as much of that, you know, so you can see how there's multiple different links in this behavior chain that you have control over, that you have some modifiable things that you can do. Now you do not have to change every single link all at once. Please don't think that you have to do that. You definitely don't. But what is the biggest chain or the biggest link in that chain that you feel like you would have the best control over, the most control over? Okay. So hopefully you can kind of take some time. Hopefully you did pause this and you can kind of walk through it. So again, I'm going to just recap it real quick because I find recap so helpful. Get a piece of paper, write down on the piece of paper, a behavior or action that you have or a habit that you have that you want to change. Now list underneath that, like in little bullet points, list out everything you can think of that leads you to doing that behavior. Time of day, family connection, an emotion like stress or happiness or fear or whatever, uh, being around certain people, Uh, whatever the case is, list as many of those as you can and really take some time on that. The surface level ones are the ones that you're just going to rattle off right away. But the deeper ones that take a little bit more energy and thought into uncovering are going to be the ones that you really want to know. So pause this, take some time and do that. Now, after you've done that, put together the chain and and put together, okay, if I go to the grocery store hungry, then I'm going to do this. 
that has been my, my current pattern. So instead I'm going to add this link in where I'm going to keep snacks in my car that are healthy and supportive that aren't going to make me that hungry. So then I can go into the store, not as hungry. Maybe another link is I'm not going to go down certain aisles. Maybe another link is you're going to change grocery stores that you go to because you're in such a groove and a pattern with that grocery store that you know exactly where all the candy and, and stuff is. And that's too big of a temptation. So you're going to go to a different store that you can develop new habits around. Maybe it's, again, going to self-checkout because it doesn't have as much of the candy and the temptation stuff at the checkout at the register. So you're not even going to you know, see that, which is helpful. So list out all the new links. Doesn't mean you're going to have to do them all right away. Just list out all the new links that you're going to add to this chain so that it's a clear visual of all the things that you can, at some point, add in as a goal. Okay. I just found this so, so helpful. And actually there is a handout. I'm going to link this handout in the show notes. This is not a handout that I created. This is actually, actually from the center for healthy living by the Kaiser Permanente group, um, out of Southern California. And they do a lot of really great research into healthy habits, nutrition, behaviors, and all the things. So it is actually their document that talks about behavior chain and it actually is a a thing that you can walk through and create your own chain. So I'm going to link that in the show notes so you can go to their website and you can look at their document and download it because it looks really, really valuable and really, really helpful. And I, hopefully it will help you as well. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is if you've set a goal of weight loss, I want you to revisit this because weight loss is not a behavior or an action. And therefore that means if it's not a behavior or an action, we don't have as much control over it. We can't modify it as much. Weight loss is an outcome. So it's an outcome you might be looking for, or it's an effect of some behaviors or some actions But if you set a goal as your only goal is I'm going to lose 10 pounds, where's your control in that? That's not a goal. That is an outcome. I highly, highly encourage that you stop monitoring the outcome when you should be focused on the actions and behaviors that you do regularly. This is where the goals should come. It should be an action-based goal, not an outcome-based goal. Because the outcome-based goals mean that there are a lot of other influences that may or may not be in our control. And if we gauge our entire success rate on the outcome, then we miss the boat on the actions that we need to get there. Does that make sense? Hopefully that makes sense. So instead of looking at, I'm going to lose 25 pounds by you know May or whatever, why don't you follow the chain like we just talked about when it comes to weight loss. For example, the behavior chain that you currently have is, I have gained 25 pounds in the last however many months or years, and I want to break that. But if you look at what has contributed to the weight gain, is it hormonal fluctuations? If so, we can break that apart even more. Are you going through menopause? Are you having hormonal fluctuations because of excess toxins in your system or in your environment? Or is it because food and digestive system is all out of whack, which throws your hormones out of whack? So there's a whole mess of things that we can kind of uh, branch off and talk about there. What else has caused any type of weight gain? Are you currently taking a medication that causes weight gain? In which case, talk to your doctor about alternatives or how you can remedy that. 
Did you get really stressed out in the past year? Did you have a really bad stressful year with certain, uh, you know, triggering events there that caused you to, you know, not take care of yourself as well or not choose the foods that are supportive for you or eat out of convenience versus, you know, the, the ones that are really supportive? Um, did it cause you, did you get an injury? I see this one a lot. People who got injured in some way and they weren't able to continue exercising and movement as normal. And that caused them to feel stressed out because that was a stress reliever and it caused them to sleep better when they exercise. And now they're not getting enough sleep and now they're not getting enough movement. And now they're stressed out because of that. And then they make different eating habits because they're being stressed out and they're exhausted. So you can see that there's a lot of different things that you can tie to, a lot of different behaviors that you can tie to an action or tie to an event. So instead of focusing on the 25 pound weight loss that you want to do, Focus on the 25 pounds that you gained and contributors to that, and then walk it back from there. Walk the links back from there. What what are you doing differently that may have resulted in the gain of 25 pounds? What can you do now to start breaking that chain, that behavior chain, to get a different outcome? Okay. So just to recap all all the things that we went over, because I feel like it's kind of a hodgepodge episode of a bunch of different thoughts that popped into my brain and I just wanted to bring up. But we talked about attaching a meaning to your goals. If you decide to set goals, there has to be some sort of feeling, emotion, or meaning behind the outcome of the goal, the getting to the goal, or why you're creating the goal in the first place. There has to be some sort of attachment to that, or or, I'm sorry, a a meaning around that to make it actually last and and to help you get through that goal. Then we talked about um, behavior chains and how finding what the triggering event of a behavior that you have is and finding all the links that lead to that actual uh, action or that behavior so that you can pop in new links that are supportive and maybe we'll take the chain in a different direction. And then, of course, we just talked about, um, you know, making sure that you're not setting an outcome-based goal, you're setting an action-based goal because outcome-based goals don't exactly have uh, the, the control. You don't have the control as much in those types of goals as you do with controlling your behaviors and your actions, which lead to that outcome. So hopefully that brings you some clarity in the new year and hopefully that you can, you know, take a deeper look into some of your actions and behaviors that's giving you an an outcome right now that maybe you're not wanting anymore or maybe you're not happy with anymore. So you have the control to kind of work through some of this and do some of this so that you get the outcomes that you actually do want. Now, as always, if you need help walking through this and and you need support with this and you need a second set of eyes on some of your blind spots, then please reach out to me. I do have a special going on right now for one-on-one coaching. You can check that out on my website or reach out to me. And also, I created the Start Fresh 30-Day Nutrition Program. So this is a super simple program where you can either follow the recipes and follow the meal guidance as is, or you can modify it. So you get four weeks of meal plans and recipes all kind of done for you that are all balanced and they are all full of colors and whole food ingredients, no artificial anything, no artificial sugars, colors, dyes, preservatives, anything. That's why it's called Start Fresh because you're you're going to be putting the nutrient-dense foods in your body that maybe after a holiday or a vacation or whatever, uh, maybe you've gotten away from. 
So if you want just like what I say is the easy button where you just follow it as is, you can absolutely do that or you can modify it. If you're cooking for a lot of people and you need to adjust the serving sizes or you need to swap out certain recipes because somebody doesn't like it or somebody's allergic or whatever, you can do that. And I walk you through all of that and I walk you through, uh, I educate you on some of the balancing effects of foods and nutrients and we talk about how the natural detoxification system in our body needs to be fueled properly in order for some of these, you know, fatigue causing and weight gain causing uh, things that our body is trying to process. If we want to get rid of those, you have to supply it with the right nutrients. So I do educate you on that. And I talk you through all of that. There's some information in there on sugar cravings and in getting rid of those. So it's a really concise, really easy to follow or to modify program. And you can find that. I'll put a link in the show notes below. Again, it's just 30 days. It's four weeks of stuff. So it's um, it's done for you or you can customize it as, as you see fit. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes. As always, reach out to me if you do have any questions. And I hope you have a lovely start to this new year or whenever you're listening to this. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Food Factor Podcast. It is my personal mission to help people make the best food choices that they can for their particular situation. So if you found this episode helpful, I would be so grateful if you would share it with a friend or a family member or somebody who needs to hear this information and also leave me a review. Those are the things that help get this podcast seen and heard by more people who could use the help as well. I really appreciate your support. Thank you so much for listening.